What is happening, everyone? You know what's about to be happening, and that is some DFS fantasy action. You want to get in the game? You want to get your head wrapped around what is happening? You got to check out the Ultimate DFS Pass. This is our premium DFS content brought to you by the fantasy footballers, the same people that brought you the Ultimate Draft Kit. And this is the only tool, the only premium resource that you will need to take down the DFS Weekend's FanDuel, DraftKings, it doesn't matter. We have premium content from providers like Chris Meany, Ben Cummins, Jake Seeley. Jake Seeley, the number one in accuracy from Fantasy Pros this past season. They're coming in. They're giving you your picks, their picks. They're giving you everything you need to set your lineups, our rankings from the Fantasy Footballers. Uh, all sorts of things, a DFS alert every single week, stack reports, the Vegas odds, and back by popular demand, the buzz report powered by Fanshare, giving you you just a little glimpse of what's going to happen with ownership percentages this coming weekend. To check it out, everything that's available, and grab your copy today, check out ultimatedfspass.com. Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast, coming to you from the Playdraft Studios, with your hosts, Mike Wright, Ben Cummins, and Chris Meany. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. This is the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast, where we are bringing DFS for the rest of us. It's been a long and arduous off season, but we survived. At least I survived. I'm your host, Mike, the fantasy hitman, right? And I am joined once again. I'm so thrilled, so thrilled to have these fellas back. Mr. Chris Meany. Chris, did you survive? Oh, baby. I survived. Uh, It was a great summer. I'm so excited to get back into it. Last year was was a success. It was so great to hear the people reach out, the first-time DFSers, and I can't wait to be with them here in year number two. And the band would not be complete without the tuba player, Mr. Ben Cummins. Ben, how are you today? Well, I'm talking to you two fine gentlemen, which means football is back. So uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good, my friend. That's what I like to hear. So if you're joining us for the first time, welcome into the podcast. Like I said at the top of the show, the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast is all about DFS for the rest of us. It is an intimidating place to go. The very first times you step into the gates of FanDuel or DraftKings, wherever you are playing, there is a lot happening on there and... They want they want to make it seem like it's it's no problem. It's easy to win. Well, we all know that it takes work, it takes sweat, equity, it takes hustle, and that's what we do on this podcast. We do the work for you. We try to make it as simple as possible. We try to take the intimidation factor down. We walk up to the bouncer at the club and we say, "Guess what? Our name is on the list." And even if your name is not on the list, then we sneak you in the back. That's how we handle things on the (laughs) Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. We will be launching new episodes 
once a week, and they come out on Friday. We handle the main slate on this podcast. That is how we do things. Fellas, fellas, it's been it's been a long time since I have talked to you guys, especially about DFS football, DFS fantasy football. So I want to start with Mr. Chris Meany. Last year, last year, what did you have any light bulbs come on for you? Were there any big lessons or any particular strategies that you've never gone to before, but all of a sudden you found yourself really implementing and really having success with? Yeah, well, it's first of all, I just got to say, it's so good to hear both of your guys' voices. It just puts a smile on my right face. Right back at you, Meanie. And it's just, I've been smiling that whole intro, Mike. It's like ear to ear. Uh, a couple <laughs> lessons, first of all, just for me, myself, you know, trusting my rankings, not getting too caught up in beat reports, some of the hype, uh, not getting fooled in prices, you know, just taking what DraftKings or FanDuel will give you playing on draft, taking what the draft gives you, just like your seasonal formats, uh, especially if you're playing in cash and you want to just be able to take a, take advantage of some value. But certainly the game has changed over the past couple of years. And, you know, in seasonal formats, guys are going RB heavy, they're wide receiver heavy, whatever that may be. But this is a pass happy league and a lot of running backs are catching balls out of the backfield now. You know, last year there were 14 running backs who had at least 50 catches. There were only 10 in 2016. There were only six in 2015. Woo. So something that I learned over just playing last year, and it was just, and I know all three of us talked a lot about Gurley and that Rams offense a little bit. Obviously, he broke out in a big way and had six receiving touchdowns, led all backs. But it wasn't just him. We had two great rookies in Christian McCaffrey. Um, we had one in Camara. These guys catching 80-plus balls out of the backfield and five receiving touchdowns. I noticed that it's... It was a contrarian stack to talk about and to even play. It caught on towards the end of last season to get a running back and pair him up with the quarterback, whether it was even Melvin Gordon and Rivers. Sometimes you just thought, Phillip Rivers and Keenan Allen. I'm going with that stack. Maybe I'll mix in Tyrell Williams, whoever I want. Hunter, Hunter Henry is no longer around, unfortunately. But mixing in Melvin Gordon, a guy who caught a bunch of balls himself and had four receiving touchdowns, if you project a team to score big, everyone's usually going to get theirs, and that is including a running back. So it's a contrarian little thing I notice in tournaments and GPPs. It's not for everybody in cash. Uh, it's not that safe, but it is something I've seen a lot last year, and it's something I'm going to try to exploit you know, right off the get-go here in 2018. Certainly, and for those who are new to Daily Fantasy, the reason why that actually is a contrarian way to approach building your lineup is the the way to go at least the the you know in industry wide agreed of agreed upon way to go is the stack of the wide receiver and the quarterback cuz you're maximizing points your wide receiver catches a touchdown boom you just scored two touchdowns but like chris meany said more guys than ever are catching passes out of the backfield and you're 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 doubling up. You're getting and those double stuff. They're explosive, right? They are. You see Gurley take one to the house, and all of a sudden, Goff has like an, a six-yard touchdown, or like Kamara or McCaffrey. I know Ben's going to get in McCaffrey throughout the year. I don't blame yeah, him. Like, these guys are explosive, and they're dynamic. And when they can take a, a touchdown to the house, a ball to the house, that is huge for your quarterback. And it's it's points that you know you're. I think you're getting on top of other people if they just have McCaffrey and they don't have cameras. And to your point, being contrarian is about being unique and almost nobody else is going to have that stack meaning, which is why you're throwing that out there because in tournaments, that's what you have to do is you have to be contrarian. So let's, let's uh, before Ben, we get into your lessons learned, because I know you got a big one 
uh, that we're going to give you the, the the platform to talk about. For new players, just want to break down a, a little bit of terminology. Generally speaking, in FanDuel and DraftKings, we talk about two different game types, cash and GPPs. That is the vernacular we will be using. And essentially, what the way you need to think about it, a GPP, that is tournaments. Those are where there are thousands of people entering Thousands will enter, few will win, but that's also where those million-dollar prize pools are coming from. You just have much lower odds of, of taking things down. Over on the cash side, smaller tournaments but and smaller payouts, but it's easier to win. And Ben, I know that you had a change of heart. You wrote up a uh, – you have an excellent article that is available in the Ultimate DFS Pass which has all of our premium content. If you'd like to check that out, head over to ultimatedfspass.com and, and grab your copy today. But Ben, go ahead and talk a little bit about this article because it, it, it brought a little tear to my eye to see oh. my man with that change of heart coming over to the cash side. Touching. Benny is all grown up. I mean, I still you do. You are. I still do Getting live responsible. GPP life, but not as much anymore. Because again, you have to think about what tournaments are asking you to do. They're asking you to literally almost be perfect. Beat out as we touched on thousands of people. And so... Yeah, I mean, I'm always going to, you know, throw some bullets and hope to hit because if you do, it's amazing to put a little bit of money down and win life changing amounts of money. But that's not a long term profitable strategy. And so I think this is a really good thing to talk about on this podcast, especially because there's people that are starting out or that have just been playing for a little bit. But regardless, even if you've played for a while, um, you know, the mistakes that I've made in the past, I want to shed some light on those so other people don't make them and can have success because I was so addicted to that tournament GPP lifestyle that that's literally all I played. And I was tricked because I did have some success early on, which told me that, you know, that it got me cocky and it got me thinking like I can do this and I can be profitable in tournaments long term. And I think you have to ultimately think about what player you want to be, because if you're just going to have some fun and throw a what couple kind of lineups DFS in, player you want. to Exactly. Be. Because if you're just going to throw a couple lineups in every week, then just play tournaments and hope that you win that life changing amount of money. But if you are going to be a little bit more serious about this and you want to win consistent long-term money, then bankroll management and game selection are actually the most important things. That's going to provide our structure um, and our foundation to have success. And I was so addicted to predicting the right plays every single week and like thinking about the correct theories that I kind of bypassed the most important part. And, uh, you know, I luckily have had enough success at least later on in the season to finish in the green every single year. But at the end of the day, I still think that I've left a lot of money on the table because I was not playing smart. And the way to play smart is to play in cash games because you are not asking yourself to be perfect. And the other thing is tournaments, even if you finish in the money, you still are basically playing a double up until you get to the top of the leaderboard. And only about 20% of entries win money. And tournaments, you touched on it earlier, Mike, have gotten so much more competitive. 
and sites are taking more of the money and keeping it themselves. And the payments have gotten so top heavy that, again, you have to playing in tournaments makes no sense unless you finish at the top. So the other thing that was hurting me was because I was playing only in tournaments. I was actually making safer lineups that I should have been because it was my only source of DFS income. And so now that I've pivoted to playing in cash, it allows me to get that foundation and feel safe and then you know, create a tournament strategy off of that because now I'm getting a little bit crazier and kind of changing up the strategy. Because rather than asking myself to be perfect, in cash games, about half of people win money. So about 50%, 45%, whatever, are going to win money, aka a much longer term profitable strategy because you have a much higher percentage to win. Now, you don't have the chance to win life-changing amounts of money, but that's okay because the goal is to be in the green with our cash game lineups to where we're still going to be able to play tournaments with house money, with profitable money, and that's going to allow us to get a little bit more contrarian, aka unique, and hope for the best because we're already sitting pretty where we're at. And so my cash game strategy ended up being about 80%. So bankroll management, what that means is how much money you're going to play every single week. And what I started doing was putting about 80% of the money I was going to put down every single week on cash so that I was going to walk away if I had a successful week with a profit no matter what. And then if my tournament lineups where I get a little bit more unique have success on top of that, now I'm having an amazing week. But I wanted that security uh, to have a successful week if my plays were above average because I was finding success week in and week out with at least some of my calls. But again, because you have to be so perfect, I sometimes wasn't even cashing. Like one week last year, T.Y. Hilton had like over 40 points one of the weeks where he went off. I had him in a tournament lineup and it didn't even cash. And that's kind of where Whoa. that's, yeah, that's because you have to be so perfect. So that's kind of where my strategy started to change. Cause it's like, I don't feel good. I'm not happy after this because I'm somebody that's so prideful. I like my picks to be successful and to, I like to walk away with something. And when I switched to cash, I started walking away with money every single week and slowly building it up again, while I was still taking those tournament chances and it was a lot better for me. Now, granted, a half of a season sample size, but that would be my recommendation is 70, 30% or 80, 80%, 20% go most cash games to give yourself that chance of profiting while also giving yourself a chance to hit it big. Ben, oh, you're speaking man. to me. Yeah, I mean, that's how I've been, honestly, that's how I've been playing for the, the past few years. And if you nice. had TY in, in, in that head to head or that double up or that 50 50 in cash, you would have cashed. Like if you have one of those legit guys that goes off like that, and we're talking TY being a top wide receiver, you cash. And off the top here, Mike brought it up and you touched on it too. Ben is the tournaments are getting bigger and the scores are getting bigger and it's getting tougher. It's not just football. It's across the board. Like, it, you know, DraftKings and FanDuel are doing the same thing with, you know, basketball contests, baseball contests. It's the contests are getting bigger. There's more people involved and you're right. They're taking more of a rake. The sites are taking more money and you have to really finish with a perfect lineup to get that big payday. So I'm with you, Ben. I, I'm a big fan of, of, 
you know, the strategy that you're taking that you took last year and you're going to take into this season, I think, you know, you're just beating one other guy and you can win lots of money. It depends how much you want to spend. There's there's some high stake contests out there where you just can go up against one guy and, and you have a pretty good chance of beating that one guy as opposed to somebody else with multiple lines. And if I had any I other questions about my strategy, I feel even better now that Meanie does it. And it makes watching <laughs> the games so much less stressful because I would literally be watching 10 minutes in and let's say I Chill. didn't have TY. TY goes off. I don't have him. It's like, okay, well, my lineups You're are done because you have to <laughs> yeah. be perfect. But in cash, it's like, do. it doesn't matter as long as I have Gurley and he has, you know, a receiving touchdown that day, like we're talking about, I'm going to be sitting pretty as long as I finish in the top half. So it makes it such a, uh, a more comfortable game watching process. And ultimately you're going to be walking away happier because even if you don't cash, you still know that you're, you're doing it the right way and putting yourself in the best chance to have success. Before we get back into the DFS action, I want to thank today's sponsor, Pristine Auction. Pristine Auction is where I go for all of my sports memorabilia collecting needs. It's the only place I ever go. They, you know, they use only the best certifiers in the business, so I never worry about a signature. I'm looking right now at a beautiful signed Keenan Allen jersey. I bought this thing for myself, but imagine if I had bought this thing for one of my friends. For my father. In fact, I did. I gave my dad a signed Fran Tarkin in Jersey. Diehard Vikings fan. He had no idea it was coming. He's never received a gift like this. That is what that is what Pristine Auction offers you. you. Unique gifts. Unique things for yourself. Like I said, the best sports memorabilia site on the planet. Hundreds of new daily auctions going on. So you, sh- you don't just check this thing once a week. you got to check it every day because there are deals. There are steals that are happening. Jump on there right now and check it out. P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E auction.com. You make a completely free account and you let them know that the fantasy footballers sent you. And hey, if you're going to play some FanDuel, make sure you sign up at FanDuel.com slash ballers help support the show help support yourself because when you make your first deposit you'll get a little you get a little bonus a little something extra so if you're going to play this weekend or at any time this season make that account fanduel.com slash ballers and mike if i could just add one more thing and i know sure. for people who are just maybe they're new to this show and they're new to dfs this year maybe we you know hopefully we've we picked up some more people along the way um I, and you just knew i would say that that's a strategy you should take. I mean, you, you don't really get discouraged if you're just new to playing and you jump into a tournament with like thousands exactly. and thousands and thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people, and you feel like you had a pretty good day and you didn't come anywhere near the money and you just feel like you're wasting your money and you're wasting your time, like you have good lineups, then I would suggest just starting out small in cash. You can even play 25 cent head-to-heads. You can, you can do anything that you want and you have a better chance at success. You see how it's played. And if you're going to do that, don't go looking for head-to-heads. Like, there's an option. You can always reach out to me on Twitter, Ben, of course, any of us. Uh, you know, There's options where you, know, you can set up your own head-to-head instead of just going to find one. Sometimes I've noticed before in the past when I first started playing, and other people have talked about this before, is sharks will, and when I say sharks, I say people who are setting up maybe 100 head-to-heads for that day at a certain price. Uh, they will just list all of theirs. And that's sometimes that's all you see. You go click on a matchup. You see, oh, this guy has 30 lineups set together. Okay, so he must know what he's doing. He has 30 lineups. And you're just going to play maybe one to five lineups in the cash. Maybe you go ahead and you start yourself a cash. Let somebody else join your contest. It's just a little, if for people that are new, 
um, because you know there is some negative talk out there in the community about um, you know especially you know head to heads and money and just some some sharks out there. So it's just a little strategy to take, but. If you're new to the game, I, I suggest cash is the way to go, and you'll feel real confident about how you, you know, love it, Meanie. And, and I love what you said at the beginning of that. Don't get discouraged because don't get in a couple of tournaments, don't cash, and then you know just quit and feel like you know this is too hard. It's not because even the best players in the world go through months of tournament stretches where oh, yeah. they lose tons of money because again, you have to be perfect. So try that out, have fun with tournaments, but ultimately there's always a way like Meanie's talking about that you can have fun while giving yourself a high chance of, of winning money. And those are double ups and cash games and head to head. So real quick, what I ultimately decided I like to do with cash games was getting in the big double ups on the big slates, because on the larger slates, there's so many more options and so many more value plays. And it spreads out ownership percentages that I'm not even thinking about that. And then the bigger slates have the bigger entries. So I like the double ups where there's thousands of people because I feel like it's increasing my chances just because when you get that many people together, you know, we're just asking ourselves to be better than 45%. And if you're listening to this podcast or doing your own research or whatever, you're going to be putting yourself in a chain, you know, you're giving yourself a good chance to cash. And if you don't feel comfortable with that strategy, because I like to just submit my same cash game lineup over and over and over, because there's thousands of people in it that if your cash game lineup has success, you're going to, you know, let's say you put 50 bucks down, you're going to win 50. You put 100 down, you're going to win 100. But if you don't feel comfortable going with that all-in process, like Meanie was talking about, you can play in head-to-heads because let's say you have a good cash game lineup and you play 20 head-to-heads, you might not, you know, 100% cash because you're not, you know, you're playing against so many different people. But if you have a good lineup, you might win 16 of the 20 and ultimately you're still having a profitable week and vice versa. If you don't have a good week, but you're playing in head to heads, you're not losing all of that money. So maybe you only lose about 60% of it and you still have that 40% to roll with for the next week. So ultimately, not only should you play cash, but there's multiple options within playing cash that you can kind of pick and choose and decide what type of player that you like to be. I personally like the large double ups, but there's multiple options. Speaking of Twitter, Chris Meany brought it up. I just want to drop our handles in case you do want to try and slide into those DMs. You can follow me Ooh. at FF Hitman. <laughs> follow Ben at Ben Cummins FF. You can follow Chris Meany at Chris Meany. He makes it extremely easy. And, and fellas, I love the advice because uh, th- that's our motto here. DFS for the rest of us. Uh, yes. Look. I want. We all want to go zero to hero, rags to riches, immediate. Pull that that million. Pull that down into my bank account. But you know what else is pretty freaking cool? Going through the football season, playing DFS, having a really good time, and then come Christmas, all of a sudden those presents are a little bit better okay. for the kiddos, and it costs Ooh. you nothing because you because DraftKings paid for them because you slow and steady built up your bankroll making good right. smart decisions with your DFS lineups. I love it so much. Moving it on a little bit here, we talked about some lessons that we learned last year. I want to focus just on the two major platforms of FanDuel and DraftKings. Talk about how things are maybe a little bit different 
this year because the, the space, Daily Fantasy Sports, it is always evolving. They're always changing things. In fact, FanDuel last year, if you weren't playing or maybe you played the first half, you missed out on FanDuel doing some experimentation. They brought in a super flex out of nowhere. They just said, hey, let's try this out. And so they're always innovating these companies, trying to change things up, trying to make things a little bit more fun. Chris Meany, as the FanDuel resident uh, advisor, how are things going over at FanDuel HQ? Are, th- are they making any big changes? Has there been any big announcements that the people need to know about? Well, yeah, there's, there is one major. By the way, that's super That's called spot. teeing up a softball. The, yes, that is. That is. And I'm going to knock it out of the park. But that super flex <laughs> was awesome, by the way. I hope they experiment with that. And if they do, of course, we will cover it. The DFS Ultimate Pass, definitely 100%. You, I mean, the double stacks was so nice. And I think that they will experience because there's a lot of positive feedback from that. But for those who didn't like to play kickers, I'll be honest. I Congratulations. Like kickers, but Get out of here, meanie. Boo. You know, there was a little bit of a strategy to kickers not much some people would just play the, the cheapest one and if you had the pass last year and you played on FanDuel you know that I wrote up a couple and usually I would put in the cheapest one with the highest ceiling the, the guy I thought could get the most fantasy points for you there was a little bit of a strategy game script you have a good offense maybe you stall in the red zone uh, things like that whatever that's gone uh, they've added a flex it's it's not a super flex it's not quarterback you're playing a quarterback still two running backs three wide receivers at tight end they have the defense as well but there's a flex where you can play another running back, another wide receiver, another tight end. So the salary, it's $60,000. The average remains the same, 6, 6.6, I think it is, 6.667 uh, to be exact. But, you know, what we talked about what we talked about earlier with, you know, GPPs and tournaments, this is kind of, if you only play a couple of lineups in FanDuel tournaments, this kind of, this may bum you out a little bit because there's more combinations now. There's we talk about being more perfect. Well, you add a flex spot in, you add another player in, whether it's a running back, a tight end, wide receiver. It allows you for one to maybe stack maybe two wideouts from one team if you wanted to do that, and you can play four now max. Maybe you didn't want to do that before. You didn't want to play, you know two wide receivers from the same team when you can only play three total. Uh, but for people who play a lot of lineups, I think that they would be happy. They're happy with this change. Again, more combinations. So more scoring, more opportunity for scoring. But for those who did like the kicker, there is something new um, on FanDuel. It's called Quick Pick Kickers. It's a promo, believe it or not. What? Wait, what? Wait, listen to this. What? Not what? only can you play one kicker, you could play four. No. You could you play can four. And four? You, fa- you have to play four. So there's a... there's a The people eight. have been demanding it. <laughs> they, they finally succumbed <laughs> to the pressure. And this is kickers. amazing. Yeah, so there's a... This Sunday on FanDuel right now, there's a contest. You know, it maxes 9,800 people. It's cool. over 2,000 people in a $3. Listen, <laughs> tier A's got four kickers. Tier B has four kickers. Tier C has roughly 10. Tier D has the rest of the pack. So you have to play one of those guys. There's no salary. And then there's a super flex of, again, no salary where you can play a quarterback. Uh, Deshaun Watson's up at the top, of course. Gurley, it's however you rank them or, you know, we'll rank them or you see them on the fantasy footballer site ranked for that week. Uh, and you go that way. But yeah, I just wanted to say for the cool. kickers, the people who love the kickers. This is blowing my mind. How dead. many non-kicker positions do you play? Just one. It's tier so you a, play four C, kickers D. and one non-kicker? And one non-kicker. And for some people who followed along oh, uh, last year, I knew some people who were in a triple kicker, triple kicker league. Yeah, say that five times fast. Uh, <laughs> four 
kickers in this contest. Also, much like Fanduel with the, with or DraftKings with showdowns, and you know, I'm sure Ben will will touch on that, and we'll touch on a little bit. They have single game contests as well, where there's no salary, and you can just play um, any five split flex spots and there's an MVP who's going to score 1.5 times more points than anybody else. So usually you're going to want that to be your quarterback, but there are a couple changes. The biggest one, of course, no kicker and another flex. The backlash after FanDuel took away the kicker must have been catastrophic to the point where they quadrupled down on their kicker usage. I can't wait to go look at this. Unbelievable. All right. Well, hopefully we have better things to talk about over on the DraftKings side of things <laughs> than the quattro kicker. My goodness. All right, Ben, uh, what's going on over on the DraftKings platform? Yeah, so you can now play in single game contests. You don't have to wait for um, two games or more. As far as I know, they're going to offer this for every single game, or at least um, they're going to kind of pick and choose which games each week. So it's called the showdown, as Meany alluded to, and you get six spots. And there is a crown for your top pick, and that guy is going to uh, cost a little bit more than his regular salary, but he's also going to provide 1.5 times the points that he scores. So you want to obviously pick the guy that you think is going to have the most success in that game. Um, or close to it based on salary to reach that uh, multiplier. And then you're picking five other players in that game as well. Uh, and so makes it very intriguing because there's more options. As, as of right now, not sure if uh, DraftKings is going to continue the primetime slate, which I hope they do because that's one of my favorites. They may just pivot to the showdowns to where you still get to uh, put money down on the Sunday night and Monday night games, the primetime slate being the Sunday night and Monday night combo, but they might just keep it to the one game. So exactly. They're still talking about that. There's still a chance. I'm hoping they keep the primetime, but the big change for now is adding this showdown. And for what you were talking about, Ben, with the 1.5 times, like just for example, so we got the Eagles and the Falcons on Thursday night. So Julio Jones is $16,200. You put him in as your crown, your your king guy. Uh, If not, he's going to cost you $10,800. So there's a pretty Mm, big gap in, in price. It's just if you feel like, hey, this is the guy that I want the bonus points for, I'm going to pay up for him. That's that's their line of thinking. And I'm with you, Ben. I hope that they have that primetime slate back. Uh, just so fun to watch. Well, fellas, I think that about wraps things up for our welcome back episode. As I have said, the, the show drops on Fridays. So stay tuned. Next Friday, we will have all of your week one main slate action. Football is here. Fantasy football is here. Daily fantasy football is here. Could not be more excited for it. So for my my co-hosts, my crew, my gang, Ben Cummins, Chris Amini, we thank you all for joining the show so much. Hit that subscribe button so we drop right into your pocket. And reminder, check out the Ultimate DFS Pass. It is the absolute best value. In all of DFS, one price for the entire season. Check it out. All of our premium content. We will see you next time on the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast.
Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.